You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the PharmD Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome into episode number 78 of the PharmD Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. As this episode is being recorded, we are getting very close to December, which means for a lot of people, their mind goes to all the year-end things they need to do between now and the end of the year to wrap up their 2022 from a financial aspect. But I don't want to dig too deep into all the things people should concentrate on. Instead, I want to focus on one thing that people should be very skeptical of and stay away from. And that is money advice giving, given to people unsolicited on social media. So I know I've talked about this before, but there is a really, really high probability that if you turn on any sort of social media, whether it's on your phone or your computer, you're going to come across some sort of advertisement, specifically in video format, of somebody trying to teach you something about finances. And chances are they have an underlying motivation that instead of just teaching you something, they're going to try to trick you into doing something with your money that is in their best interest to do so, like buying some sort of financial product. So in this podcast episode, I want to talk about one specific case, one specific financial product that a lot of people are touting on social media in hopes that you purchase it from them. And we're going to shut it down and call it one of the biggest, not one of, we're going to call it the biggest myth, money myth on social media in 2022. And that is the peddling of indexed universal life insurance. So indexed universal life insurance has been around for a while, but it's gotten a lot of popularity over the last couple of years because of all the people who are currently selling it through social media channels and making it sound like it's the best thing you could possibly do with your money. And the reason you hear a lot about this product is the people who are promoting it on social media aren't actually considered fiduciary financial representatives, so they don't have to follow strict marketing guidelines that real professionals have to, so they can actually get out there on social media and spout whatever they want without any repercussion coming back on them based off of what they say. And because there's no repercussion and because there's no regulatory guidelines that limit their ability to do this like there are for real professionals in the industry, those people get to get out there and say whatever they want and put whatever they want on social media. And what they're doing is they're trying to get people to put their money in these indexed universal life insurance policies because they're going to collect fat commissions if somebody were able to do that. And because of the power of social media, they get to amplify their voice from one to one to one to a million, depending on how many followers they have. And all they need is a small percentage of people to actually follow through with their message and purchase one of these. And they're going to make a lot of money doing so. And once other people see others doing this, they're going to hop on and do the exact same thing, which is why the social media popularity of talking about these index universal life policies have absolutely exploded over the last 12 months. So let's jump in and talk about first, what are indexed universal life insurance policies? Well, to begin with, at its core, it's a life insurance policy. 
you pay premiums, and if you pass away while the policy is still in force, your beneficiary gets a death benefit. In its simplest form, that's how all life insurance policies are created. However, what makes this unique is the added-on features. So an index universal life insurance policy not only allows you to put in premium, and then for that premium, you get that death benefit that your beneficiaries get in case you die, but it gives you a chance to build up what they call a cash position inside the policy. Cash value. So essentially, let's just say that your premium every single month is $500. And believe me, there are people who put far more than that who can't afford it into these policies and that's how they get duped. But anyway, we'll just assume that your premium is $500. You put it into the policy. First off, the life insurance company is going to collect their fees off the top of that because they need to get paid in order to provide you with that death benefit. So they're going to take all of their little fees that come out of there and those add up to be quite a bit in some cases. And then you have to pay for other ancillary things within the policy, like the cost of insurance and other things. And once all those fees are taken out and the actual death benefit life insurance is paid for, your money then goes into a separate account and it starts to build up as cash value. Now that money just doesn't go into an account like a savings account that makes 1% in interest. It actually goes into an account that gets credited interest based off of an underlining stock index. And that's why it's called an indexed universal life policy. The most common index use uh, that a lot of people are gonna be familiar with could be the S&P 500. So let's just say you put in your $500, 300 of that goes into your cash account. Now that $300 sits in that account and it will get credited interest at the end of the year based off of how that index does, like the S&P 500, from point A at the beginning of the year to point B at the end of the year. Or point A and point B could be at any point during the year. It's just they have to be 12 months apart. So if the S&P 500 skyrockets up and it earns 20% that year, you don't actually earn 20% you get a piece of that gain depending on what the contract says you get a piece of. So for example, let's just say that it's going to give you 40% of what the underlining index does. In in our example, it's the S&P 500. And the S&P 500 goes up 20% in that year. Your account will actually get credited 8%. Because 40% of 20 is 8%. So you'll make 8%. The other great selling feature of this product is, let's just say the S&P 500 tanks one year and it's down 30%, you will lose nothing. So you have that downside protection, but your upside is capped. And that is very, very common with a lot of index products, whether they are tagged along into a life insurance product or featured on their own in some other annuity type of product. So that's how these index universal life policies work. But what becomes really, really beneficial and what becomes the biggest selling feature of these policies and why these people on social media are touting them so often is because they say that you get tax-free income from the money that accumulates in your cash value and the income actually doesn't come from that cash value. It comes in the form of a loan and they are half correct. Yes, any money you take out of an index universal life insurance policy doesn't actually come from your own money in your own cash value. You do take out a loan, and that loan comes from house money that the life insurance company has. So 
a lot of these people go, well, your cash value is going to continue to grow and grow and grow, and you can take money out of the policy tax-free because you can take house money account and they just use your cash value as collateral. So as long as your cash value never gets below the amount of money you take out, you're perfectly fine. In essence, there's no other financial instrument or financial product that can do something very similar. And it's crazy to me because the first big lie that they tell you is that it is tax-free income. A loan is not income. A loan is what it is. It's a loan. If you go get a loan to buy a house, you don't get taxed on that money that the bank gives you. If you get a loan to buy a car, you don't get taxed on the money that the bank gives you to go buy that car. You don't get taxed on the loan the insurance company gives you either. So it's not technically tax-free income. It is a loan. And there is a chance of you experiencing a really big taxable event later on in the future that a lot of these people touting these type of index universal life policies don't talk about. And that is if that loan value becomes greater than the cash value inside your policy. So let's just say that you had your $500 worth of monthly premium going in and you put that money into this policy for 10 years and you've built up $30,000 of cash value in this policy. Now you want to start taking some of that money out in the form of loans. You have the ability to do that. But as soon as the loan amount exceeds the cash value, the policy stops and you're done. And that is because the life insurance company is not going to give you any more money than what you have to provide them in collateral. And the only collateral that you can provide to them is the cash value inside your policy. And if that cash value ends up becoming less than the amount of money you've taken out in loans, the life insurance company calls it quit and you're done. And this is where that big taxable event might kick in, where instead of putting money in for 10 years, let's just say you put money in for 30 years because somebody talked you into it, and now you're going to pull all that money out via a loan in retirement. Well, you take that money out and you start spending it, and that loan starts and it starts compounding on itself because that loan is charging you interest. And now all of a sudden that index universal life isn't performing as well as you thought it would or as well as that insurance agent told you it could over a long period of time. And now that loan is actually growing at a faster rate than your cash value, even though you're not taking money out anymore. If that loan exceeds that cash value, the policy's over. However, if the amount you've taken out in a loan exceeds the amount of money you put in that cash value bucket over the course of your having that policy from beginning to end, you will owe ordinary income tax on that difference. So let's just say you put in $50,000 over the course of 20 years in that policy, and now you've taken $80,000 out via loans, and now that loan amount, that $80,000 has grown to be bigger than your cash value, you will have a $30,000 ordinary income taxable event in the year that policy lapses or ends. And for a lot of people, this is starting to happen while they're in their late 70s, early 80s because they're not getting the type of return that they thought they were going to get over the long term. That loan interest rate doesn't change and it's a pretty big interest rate. It's 5 to 6% in some cases. And the compounding of that when you continuously take money out via loans, it doesn't take long for that to exceed the value that you've accumulated up to that point in your cash value account. And if you've been taking loans out for a long period of time and the loan amounts you've taken out exceed what you put in over the life of that policy, 
If that difference is quite substantial, that could be a huge tax hit and a huge tax liability that you owe in that year. And almost always it's unexpected because people don't necessarily understand how this all works to begin with. But the people selling this don't have to worry about it on social media because as long as you buy it, that's where their duty to you basically ends and you're on your own after that. And there's no guarantee that the policy is going to work like you thought it was going to when you first created it with the person selling the Index Universal Life on whatever social media channel you found that information on. So the worst money advice, in my opinion, on social media in 2022 is all the people peddling these indexed universal life policies. They're almost never as good as people claim them to be. They almost never work out the way people hope they would, especially over a long period of time. And if you're going to rely heavily on these type of things in retirement, you better really understand what type of tax risk you're taking And you better understand with a lot of confidence how well you think the policy is going to perform in retirement. Because I don't know anybody who gets to retirement who wants to pay back into these policies to keep them alive just to avoid a big tax hit later on in life if they see that coming down the pipeline. I get asked then when I talk about this, well, what other options should you use? The traditional options usually for a lot of people still work best. Contribute to your 401k. Contribute to just a taxable brokerage account. Contribute to Roth IRAs. Take advantage of all those other things depending on what you feel your tax situation is going to be and utilize those above and beyond the index universal life. Now, I'm not saying those index universal lives are all bad and I'm not saying there is not a single circumstance where it could be beneficial. I think there are a lot of single circumstances where those index universal lives could be the right move for a lot of people. But in most cases, generally, it's not usually the best option, but nobody on social media is going to tell you that because they don't get compensated for you going out and contributing more to your 401k. They get compensated when you buy those policies via fat commissions, and that's all they're worried about. So as we switch the calendar from 2022 to 2023, if you come across any sort of advertisement or videos about index universal lives, because I think they're going to continue on. Stop, think about it, and if you have any sort of inkling about moving forward with something like that, make sure you ask a lot of tough questions and you get feedback from other financial professionals out there who don't have the conflict of interest of you buying this, of them getting paid or not. Because if a paycheck is on the line for the person trying to sell this to you, chances are they're not going to bring up all the stuff we talked about in this podcast because they don't want you to get worried and walk away without doing what they need you to do in order to get paid. That is all I have for you today on this podcast episode. If you're looking for more information about myself or FarmD Financial Planning, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. If there are any financial topics you'd like me to talk more about, Email podcast at farmdfp.com with any questions, topics, or other ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, FarmD Nation, be well. The FarmD Money Podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.